2: And on Instagram at Little Empire Podcasts.
3: Are you gonna play that dastardly intro OW! This
0: movie's still it's fine. Is a One of them dies, that
3: guy's screw. One of them's
2: a hot, oh, his name is Jay. One of them uh. looks like, like Johnny Depp, he and his gosh. name is Johnny Depp. <laughs> Classic Maximum Joseph.
1: <laughs> Whee! Ah!
2: You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Hello and welcome to the worst idea of all time. I'm not going to attempt the episode. I've been chastised for getting the number wrong too many
3: times. It's Timbo here. And Guy, it really doesn't matter how many times you do something, so long as each time you do it, you do it with conviction and a true heart. And I like to think that in spite of the hardships that we've been facing in the recent weeks, Tim, yes, that is an attitude we've brought forward as we extend the olive branch of friendship to our friends contained within the Zac Efron vehicle, we are your friends. Do you think we're showing them kindness and friendship? Oh, you know, actually, uh, when you pull out a little bit and look at the bigger picture, we probably aren't being the best friends to them. Mm. I don't think we aren't very open-minded anymore. I don't think we're bringing open minds to the friendship. You need an open mind to a good friendship. An open heart
2: and open mind and no open wounds. That's what I've always played by. we don't want to give
3: people infections. Yeah, We're not bringing uh, total honesty to the friendship. I think we're talking a lot of shit behind our friends' backs. It's not healthy. I don't think that's good. No. We're just... I think... I think... <laughs> no. The, the friendship's not going toxic. There's hope for it yet. But I, I don't think uh, that the channels of communication between us and the characters in the movie are very open right now. I feel pretty disrespected by the movie this week.
0: Any, pretty
2: disrespected. Anyone in particular? Everyone who isn't page really pages it was pages to lose the whole time this
3: week and he didn't do it he left it all out on the screen you um you are gravitating i can't help but notice more and more towards page yeah not just as a um i'm sorry to blend you know f- fact with fiction here but not just within the realm of the worst area of all time but as a general mentor in your life you're starting to look up to page in quite a overwhelming way i think it would be fair to say how can you not spend this much time with a living
2: legend, and not have it bleed into your life a little bit and guide your way like some no, sort I'm, of I'm not gigantic any... human lighthouse I'm guiding me any... through the stormy waters that are my life. Any problems with that? I'm... I mean, he's, he's a... a good lighthouse. He's a crazy. I wonder if he was part of uh, Lifehouse. Almost. What that if... band was called? Yeah. That Christian band. They're... Was it Lifehouse? What is a Lifehouse? I never considered that before. Because the lighthouse makes sense, and I think it might have slipped under my radar as I was a kid, because whenever I heard the term lifehouse, I just chalked it up to lighthouse, I was like, yeah, I get it, they're at the beach, and they're a big like guiding light of um, for, for
3: ships and I th- sailors. I think they also sailed under the radar because of the lighthouse family, and so you thought there's the lighthouse family and lifehouse. And because you're so busy distinguishing between the two separate bands, yeah. you forget to realize that Lifehouse isn't actually a turn of phrase or a place at all. Or maybe even a band, in retrospect. No, I think
2: it is. Is it? Is there a Lighthouse family? They sing
3: because
0: we are
2: going to
0: be best forever.
3: forever, forever, you, got you it. and me. Yeah, that's that was them. And Lifehouse, I feel like, sang songs that were like, Can you take me higher? Shit like that. Real House like, of the Dog. Like, just upbeat that that Christian rock. I don't know what House of the Dog is. What I'm trying to ask you, I don't think that's Tim, the correct name of the band either. If you'd give me a chance, is... Whether or not you think it's healthy, the amount that you are modelling your real-life behaviour on the um, eccentric, I think it would be fair to say, behaviour of Paige from the film We Are Your Friends. You think it's excessive? I'm just asking what you think of it, and if you've noticed it affecting your life in any unusual ways.
2: (sighs) Well, there was one time last week where I was getting on a bus yeah and you know how you've got an automatic tag on tag off ticket yeah. the machine was giving me some shit and i started yelling at it what and do you, i couldn't help but channel a little bit of page while it was happening uh, what was the machine doing well the machine wasn't doing anything because it it's a it's an inanimate object so it can't respond to things which so is it, kind of the perfect time to roll in with a page attitude it, and did approach you, to life. Did
3: you, you tapped your card against it yeah a few times refused to work and it just said uh, it didn't say anything did, was there a screen on which it said uh, malfunction or anything to it had
2: a it, big red X said cannot read but that was just the display text that came up and how did you react to that Hey, what's going on here? It's a machine. It's not working. It's supposed to take my ticket. I'm getting on the bus here. My name's Spindly Timbly Wimbly. <laughs> what's going on? I don't understand. Who's fixing this machine? You're driving a bus. I can see a couple people here. Your cards seem to work fine. Does that mean the problem rests with me? Maybe it's picking up another RFID chip in my wallet here. I don't know. I should move
3: the cards around again. It's okay. I'm going to walk. See you. Goodbye, babish. See, that to me, uh, that is more, that's a much more comic and friendly cadence than the way Paige speaks. And also the attitude, the willingness to leave the bus on account of the, the error of the machine. it's not a very page attitude. To me, Yeah, it's, but what I didn't, what I couldn't... You kind sound of, like Rodney Dangerfield's nephew. What I couldn't express
2: and put through in the story, in the telling of it, is that while I was delivering that diatribe, I walked right to the back of the bus and then through back to the front again. So at the first... Like when I started walking, I took off my jacket, which I was wearing because I wear suits like Paige does now all the time. Threw that at someone who was sitting on the bus, and then on my way back through, picked up the jacket again. It was kind of like touch the back and then roll back in. So it was sort of like I guess if you were watching me do it, it was a bit more a guy
3: muttering to himself and then get on and get off a bus. But did the you didn't you weren't on it long enough for it to to drive one zone or anything or one no, no, in and out? So you got on, couldn't get my card read and got off at the same. At the same stop. Yeah, and then walked. And you threw... So you went in. Yeah. and my so? Rejected your card. That's right. Three times. Yeah. And you were mumbling to yourself. Hey, what's going on? What's going on here? I get no respect. I get no respect from the. You machine. took your jacket off. You threw it to the back of the bus. Take my jacket. You picked Not it really. up. really. Take it. You kept talking, and then you got off the bus. Yep. And that was... You were... You were chatting is this you channeling Paige from the movie We Are Your Friends, or is this a separate issue? Is this a whole different well, um, yeah. state
2: of affairs? No, 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 that's me channeling Paige. That's the ghost of Paige coming into me mm.
3: at different times. I might have, um, yeah, it's interesting. When, I, when you started telling me about how you were sort of uh, embodying a lot more of Paige's life mantras and chakras into your life, uh, I thought you were, I was afraid you were taking on maybe some of the more aggressive or manipulative streaks that Paige uh, shows. In the movie.
2: You just gesticulated so hard that you you whacked down, thumped on the headphone thingy. You pulled the headphones right out of my ears, and now they don't work. And they're not going? Yeah, fiddle with it. There we go. Now it's good. You're welcome. Uh, Anyway, what were you saying while you were gesticulating wildly? Oh,
3: God damn, it was such... A fragile train of thought. and I feel like we might have bent the rails. 10 it, was about, so far. it was about it
2: was about pages influence on me and how you think it might bring out more of like a mean streak in me or yeah, something similar. I guess
3: I guess that was my curiosity. Yeah, I, I'm almost. Uh, a, I feel like you would be a better judge of that. You know, it's hard to judge yourself. You're always yeah yeah there. no. That's what I'm saying to you now is I when you told me that you were embodying a lot more of pages persona and your real world persona, I you was quite like, worried. That resonates with me because you have become a bit more of a dickhead recently. Well, no, I haven't been interacting with you a lot, but I was afraid that you were just being more of a dickhead in general. But by the sounds of things, you've taken on some of his more sympathetic and enjoyable traits, like his his affable accent and his yeah. sort of slightly, uh, his sort of Guido like aspects, a little bit of an
2: unhinged persona, just um, not waiting for any answers to but questions th- before rolling in into a, the next,
3: not in a threatening way, sort of in a gentle, uh, you know, manic way. Yeah, you weren't a threat to anyone on the bus. You were just an oddity. Yeah. A curiosity that was holding up the bus. <laughs> a passing fancy. A summer fling, if you
2: will. Speaking of summer flings, you seem to um, be developing a lovely little friendship with the knife this episode. Uh, knife that, came that, out that's to play. true, yeah, yeah. I was practicing oh, a lot right of now. my... um you just grabbed it. That's what that dead ear was.
3: Practicing... My motions, my knife motions,
2: and now I understand why you get so freaked
3: out when I pick it up and start yeah, playing yeah. with it, eh? It's... And I gotta tell you, I mm. mean, part of me initially when I picked up the knife was like, "Well, I've sort of got—I got my hands on it first. I've got license to brandish the knife as I so choose." And yeah. part of me was thinking, "Well, that'll learn Tim for always brandishing the knife." Sort of, you know, you'll get to see how it is to oh, I to be the other person in the room—the yeah, person a not taste with the of my knife, own knifey yeah. medicine. That's right. It's sharp, um, and then but and shiny. I, that was a thought, but then by the time I started actually brandishing the knife with you know lusty movements myself, so thinking I wasn't even thinking about you, I was like, "God, oh, wow, yeah, it's fun to practice your motions, isn't it? Just a stab, stab, and a like a cut, cut. It's weird, isn't
2: it? Knife's got a hold over you. It's got a hold over, hold
3: over you, Mister Jenkins. It doesn't really. It's just, um, you know. I, don't, I, I would never carry a knife. You were talking a lot about you figured out a new knife motion you could do where you'd flick it open in one movement. Well,
2: I didn't realize because it, it, it is sort of a flick knife, but it's quite a stiff one. But I didn't realize that you actually could flick it out with one hand and the blade would produce. But we cracked that nut You today. were talking
3: a lot about uh, how you might be able to have it on the sure, back. Sure, you hide it on the back of your belt
2: directly behind you. And then you could like produce it and flick the blade out in
3: one motion. Why are you thinking about a circumstance where you've got to produce a knife quickly? Because I was looking at the knife at the time. That's what you do. You go, you how what? can I use this See, in my everyday? No. I hold it and I think this is fun when I'm uh, practicing my motions on the air, but I don't think about it beyond practicing my motions on the air. Do you think this is the problem with the gun debate in America?
2: We can all agree it's fun to play with guns at a time and place. But people get very
3: confused about where that should end. Uh, (laughs) Let's think of these two guys, you know, sharing a knife in a podcast studio. What's the worst that could happen? Whereas guns are much more. uh, Yeah, yeah, it's true. Much greater potential for
2: danger. Though you could quite easily stab me with that. I have. No design. neither the time nor the inclination oh good on you Monty my good friend so how many times do you think we've seen the movie now it feels like there was about 15 nah nah it's
3: closer to 20 oh that's good it's definitely <laughs> really lost track well i tell you what it is it's we're definitely in the quicksand now you know yeah. when you first step in quicksand the first thought you have is an oh my god I'm in quicksand it's like oh this ground's a little heavy yeah but it's not a reason to turn around. It's no. just something that your brain registers. Yeah, you just notice that, and you keep marching forward. It's the sort of third, fourth, to maybe fifteenth to twentieth steps when, you know, you have the sinking, quite literal realization that, oh no, the ground doesn't just get heavier. You're in quicksand, friend. And uh, it's there. where... And then,
2: where does your mind go when that happens? Like when you finally well, kind of when, recognize... when you realize
3: you're in the quicksand, yeah. suddenly it stops being relevant how many steps you took into it because yeah. the overwhelming thing that you notice is, "Hey, I'm in the quicksand." Yeah. I mean, details are, are thrown, you know, to the side. Caution to the wind. But do you then kind of struggle and try to wriggle no. out all at once, or do you keep? You're your in head? the quicksand, and you think, "Now I've been." I've not been in quicksand but I've I've read I've definitely read an article about what is what happens when you're in quicksand and I've seen quicksand in movies and the first thing you always remember in that circumstance is don't panic. Yeah. So you're in the quicksand and you're definitely going down slowly, but you're also you're not panicking and you're just there and you're just sort of assessing the state of affairs and rifling through your brain to try and remember any other information you have, you know, vis a vis escaping the the quicksand so
2: you're kind of going through that roller decks of tv shows movies books you may have read referencing when a character's fallen into quicksand suddenly your mind flicks into the never-ending story when that that beautiful horse gets in there in the quicksand in the quicksand and um it starts getting gobbled up and they they try to get that horse free but that poor fella goes down might be a lady horse can't remember
3: i've not seen the never-ending story but when you say a horse in quicksand, yeah, my immediate thoughts aren't of a horse escaping quicksand.
2: Yeah, well, that's the tragedy yeah, of it. Yeah. Four quite moving large parts.
3: It's difficult to hold steady with four moving parts. You're
2: right. What you? I mean, the I, hmm, are we you're, the you're ideal any, animal? What do you want to be? If you're in quicksand, okay. So here's the snake. circumstance. It is a given that you're in quicksand, but it's not a given what you are. You reckon a snake? Yeah. I don't know why, but I I think. A, um, what do the feet of a platypus look like? They're webbed. Yeah, perfect. That's what I need. Or like a goose. I'm that. Because what you want is a lot of distributed surface area. You're right. The horse is the worst. Big, heavy, huge Lumbering behemoth of a feet. thing. And then pushed down by these Hooves. four little pins. Yeah. And they're going to pierce right through. Of course the
3: horse is going to get stuck in quicksand. We should be riding uh, pie. Wow. We should be developing bigger platypi, certainly. So you're in the quicksand and your thought doesn't turn to the details of how you're in the quicksand or why you're in the quicksand. It sort of just turns to, you know, distracting yourself from being like, oh, I'm in quicksand. It's sort of like, well, so long as I'm here, I better make something of the moment. Yeah. You could have a flashback. Your life could flash before your eyes from uh, infancy to the moment right now or maybe even as far as projections into the future of the life you could have led as you sing into the quicksand first vision you're coming
2: out of this watery warm red hole where everything's just shapes and the air is bracing and the temperature is cold and there's lots of people looking at you and figures that you can't make out yet and everything's so bright and painful and awful and all you can do is scream as hard as you can Boom! you're in the playground it's year 10 you are 12 years old you've just pooed your pants accidentally on the jungle gym no one's noticed yet you think you can probably get away with this boom boom 16 years old uh, you're in the principal's office you just beat the shit out of a guy who still called you Scotty shitty pants because he referenced that time when you were 12 years old and absolutely cacked yourself on the playground and everyone found out because you goofed on your quick thinking and decision making abilities boom boom you're 20 years old you're in therapy trying to unwind decades of bullying brought on by a public school system that won't recognise that some kids learn differently. Boom! You're 30 years old. You're sitting in the divorce settlement court. A judge is looking at you. Suddenly it all comes down the crushing weight of the reality of what the relationship with the one person who you allowed to let love you has become in this modern era. Two children that don't love you. A wife that can't stand being around you. And a team of lawyers trying desperately to take as much of your hard-earned capital as possible boom boom you're 45 your son is on his deathbed there's been a horrible car crash he's in an induced coma they're about to pull the life support you never managed to tell him properly that you loved him because you were grappling so desperately with your own insecurities and inadequacy as a father that you couldn't recognize the relationship which you bore out with this young man and have irrevocably flawed there's no way to reach him now he's about to die boom boom You're 68 years old. You're in a retirement village. There is no real reason for you to be there except for the fact that no one is left who cares about you or even knows your name, and you crave some sort of human contact. Physically, you are fit. Mentally, you are all there. But emotionally, you are still the same zero year old that bore its way out of your mother's womb and contributed nothing to the people
3: around
1: you.
3: You're 72, still of able mind and body, finally trekking the Himalayas. You look to your right. A large, amorphous-looking bog sits in front of you. You make a bet with yourself. I bet I could get across that strange, amorphous swamp. You take one step. You think, hmm, the ground's a little heavier. But you take another step because that's all you think. You just think the ground's a little heavier within 5 to 15 to 20 steps, you realize you're in quicksand. And you think, you know what? After the endless series of unfortunate incidents and fuck-ups that my life has been, maybe I deserve to be in the quicksand. And you relax. You let the quicksand wash over you. And then a snake slides across your back. And you look up and you see the snake. And then from in front of you, you see what looks, but cannot possibly be, surely you must be hallucinating, a horse-sized platypus. A stri-
1: this is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which
0: That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
1: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number 1 in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
3: Out of which is your daughter? 55 years old. A look on her face which says, Dad, I forgive you and I love you. She rides the platypus onto the amorphous bog. It stands on top of your head and you meet your maker. That would be the metaphor to
2: describe how you feel about our watch number. Yeah, I reckon that's (laughs) a pretty accurate metaphor. That's about the feeling. That's about the mood in the room. You really are. <laughs> you got a hit full of steam there. That was good stuff. Ah, it's amazing what happens when you just dig deep, eh? What was your shining light, Tim, to bring this thing back into the realm of reality? I wrote down a note, and I'm going to try and remember it because you would think that the act of me writing down the note would implant it in my memory more. I don't want to rely on my cell phone for this. I really think I've got it. I think I can get it out of my brain. Nope, definitely can't. There remember. were
3: two moments. The first of which was when you said that there was a, um, I think it was during the explanation of a DJ's function and how they go about their work. uh, As always, they showed us a rundown of different musical styles and beats per minute that uh, match up with those different musical styles. And during the house segment. Mm. There's an extra at the back who is barreling the camera. That's how little they gave a shit about the clip they selected for house. That ha- but no, I think that's, that only goes to serve its purpose. And also yeah. it sort of adds credibility to the clip within the film. And therefore the research department that Maximum Joseph employed. Uh, which is to say that they just wanted to find any sort of garbage looking found. I mean, they really wanted to badmouth house music. You know that. I don't know what this big conspiracy is against house
2: music in this movie. But fuck, man. It's that thing of you always hate the thing that's very close to you but not you. You know, like <clears throat> culturally, for example, if you're a um <clears throat> some suburban middle class white kid who likes hip hop, you hate wiggers because they're like so close to being what you are, but just a little bit different, and that's the shit we hate the most. Things that are vastly different to us, we're like,
3: cool, I dig that, or I don't even well, know. You, about but that. do you mean like the fully realized version of? The thing you're afraid of being.
2: Yeah, if you dig past like the why, yeah, that's why. Because you're you're scared of being the thing. And but don't what, you think that's true? The people who you hate the most are people who are only a little bit different from you. Uh
3: for the sake of debate, I will I will agree, generally speaking. The people who I <laughs> I make a conscious effort to not not get on with anyone to the not and breed with. contempt towards anyone yeah but the yeah i mean there's definitely a risk of the people who i uh disagree with the most being the people who are the most similar to me but also like fundamentally there are a few things which are... and what was your shining light guy probably the realization that um no it was uh actually you finished that thought probably the real i was gonna do some extended riff on uh what we were just talking about. But I bailed out. And uh, no commitment. I stand beside my decision. No commitment on this kid. I got commitment coming out of the, the West Bass. I've been sitting next to you for fucking over 100 weeks, bro. Yeah. I don't know what you want to see out of me. That is commitment, isn't it? Um, oh. I wrote it down. You're one. No, I know what it is. It's the backgammon board. It's some fucking legend and props department made James Reed from the feelers and so you know, 1% more interesting in my <laughs> skewed eyes because they have a backgammon board, which they don't appear to use at any point. They just leave it open on the coffee book table in front of the TV. But it features in at least three shots. And every time I see it, I think there's hope for these people yet. Maybe we'll get to see them at loggerheads over a pair of fucking double sixes <laughs> deep in the game. And finally, I'll have something to root for in this Godforsaken forsaken excuse For a fucking Film experience It was mm, I just didn't really I just didn't I'm, I was similar to you I just didn't have any respect I didn't have any time for anyone You didn't have any respect Because eh? the I, movie Didn't have any respect for you That's where that comes from I didn't want I don't want. It's two way street There's no one No one on screen I enjoyed The only moment I really came close To getting on board With the character Was when It occurred to us That maybe Johnny Depp Is absolutely Swindling these idiotic mates. Yes. For all they're worth. Because at the scene where they're at the overlookout point,
2: is it a quarry? It's not a quarry. No, yeah, they're looking over, looking over the, valley, the valley. They're on like a slope. Uh Johnny Depp shows up and he's like, Hey, here's all our money from uh promoting those Thursday nights at social and then the boys open their individual envelopes and find they've been shot changed. But the thing is, very likely that Johnny Depp is the one who skimmed it off the top, and he's the one who gets them this yeah, job with d- with bloody Page as well. Absolutely. Assume- so he's probably made some deal where it's like, look, everyone here gets paid 16 bucks an hour, but if you tell your friends it's 12 and they go with it, I'll give you two and we'll
3: split it. No doubt. He gives them their envelopes, all short on cash. They all complain. He says nothing to comfort or explain it. He doesn't acknowledge that there's been an error or that maybe, you know, not to worry, we're going to get the rest later. He just completely lets the whole thing blow over. And then, you know, the smoke bomb he throws up, which we've complained about before, but in a different context, is to just recite the fact that he's been online looking at app developers. Yeah. Kevin Sidestream. Captain Sidestream. <laughs> Captain
2: Sidestream is the kind of a name of, an, of a, like if, if he got famous though. Yeah, Absolutely. Like, if you got famous for making an app, it'd be like, oh, yeah, that's Captain Sidestream. Why doesn't Elon Musk have a cool name like that? Elon Musk, and it, it's a cool name already. Yeah, that's true, actually. That's why.
3: Was that there deliberately why.
2: a similarity between Raymond Tusk and Elon Musk? I don't think so. They were v- they're were they very different characters, and also one of them's not real. <laughs> but um, the fictional character doesn't seem to be
3: based at all, wouldn't you? You've just finished House of Cards, haven't you? No, i only watched a little bit, but... Oh. Um, the names phonetically are a perfect match. You know It's crazy. Elon man. Musk, Raymond Tusk. Kevin Spacey, like, hot off the heels
2: of that fourth season. Did that weird talking cat movie?
3: Cats Just, and dogs.
2: No, it was, like, worse than that, I think. A reboot. It was, like, it was li- similar to that, but worse. And I think maybe live action, where that... Milo and Otis style perhaps. All
3: power to him. Like honestly, if you spend that much time buying goodwill with the public specifically so that you have enough, you know, to capital in. to burn on that, like I don't doubt for a second that House of Cards was a capital and money earning enterprise for him to finally get to realize the role of a lifetime, which is being a cat, a live-action cat <laughs> in a Milo and Otis style 2016 reboot of the Ah, critical failure, cats and dogs. Do you know how many cats they killed
2: in Milo and Otis, bro? No, I don't care to find out either. (laughs) A bunch, dude. There's a (laughs) scene where the cat jumps off a waterfall and they killed a bunch of cats doing it. Tragic. I what does laugh? it say it's in the awful. credits?
3: I've never seen a film which openly has to acknowledge how many animals were harmed in the making of it. Now,
2: here's the thing. I'm pretty sure if you look at Milo and Otis, it says the same thing every other movie does, which is no animals were harmed in the making of this film, but it's just a blatant lie, which really calls into question any other time you see that label. Apparently, they got through 32 Beethoven's on the set of Beethoven. Fucking hell. Yeah. those dogs need to be put out of their misery anyway they're so selectively bred that maybe getting a movie to round up and holocaust them isn't the worst thing in the world Jesus Whoa. <laughs> they're real inbred man they can barely breathe what is it a St Saint- bernard oh no. fuck i'm thinking of pu- like pugs pu- british bulldogs maybe you're thinking of the ones that have a life
3: expectancy of two days and they have huge <laughs> respiratory problems yeah. right out of the my gut. uncle had two of those that dogs. is not what beethoven is god damn no, you're is right a big, beethoven's a healthy kind of
2: in fact is beethoven the same dog that they send into the snow with whiskey and do they keep doing that why do i remember that from my childhood and i've never seen any evidence of that not only still being a thing but having ever existed after I got to about 14. Did you spend a lot of time with alcoholic dogs? Apparently in so. your childhood. Yeah. School principal, Dr. Wolfenstein. <laughs> but that is St. Bernard's, isn't it? They used to put a little uh, flask of whiskey and send them out after an avalanche. So if you're in the snow, because it rose, well, I don't even know if this is true, but it's supposed to raise your body temperature so you
3: survive a tiny bit longer. Whiskey. Yeah. Is, this, is this something I made up? I think you made it up but I don't think it was as widely available as you might have believed until this moment the information or the dog <laughs> or both both but mostly the
2: information yeah okay weird I wonder why I don't know where do the things come from eh? who
3: mm-hmm. knows mostly the sky yeah touche <laughs> good point God wakes up from a daydream and he just pushes a button yeah next to his ear yeah and he does a But like, like and- the new apple pods just like Touches his ear. Nah, it's nothing like those dumb fucking wireless headphones, which are a bad idea. It's just a button in his head, a red button, and he pushes it, and then he burps an idea that occurred to him in his daydream. I like
2: that in your vision of the supreme being of the universe, like he's pushing his own head, because that is philosophically dead right. Like if he's everything. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's pushing his own
3: fucking belly button there's and nothing producing out, there's nothing. Everyone's like, God delegate everything to the angels. Wrong. God made angels to keep him fucking company while he did all the goddamn work. Is that the story that he delegated to the angels? That's, I thought they did a lot of, like, postal work, sending messages. Like, Gabriel, lead postal. They did a lot of postal work. But why do you think they had to show up everywhere? Because it was a goddamn shit show in there, all right? They were losing mail. They had no system in place. There was right. absolutely no, you know, Is index. that the
2: real reason why according to certain Christian faiths, that's why everyone goes to heaven because the mail service is so diabolical. The only way we can hope to fill the gaps is to just overstaff the fuck out of that
3: thing. Absolutely. Angels didn't have wings to begin with. They were just regular people in suits working at a mail factory. And then they kept fucking up and they go to God, please, or at least the CEO Gabriel, like, please, I can fix this. Give me wings. And yep. God was like, you know, if I give you wings, oh my God, that's going to be such a pain in my fucking ass because guess what everyone else is going to want wings the union will be on my ass yeah You're and not also you past the union uh, it blows out every health insurance policy because as soon as you fuck with a basic human exoskeleton you create a whole laundry list of like different medical problems which they don't they, they don't even have the paperwork for yet can you adjust my thingy more yeah that's uh, yeah we're good that's Okay. You were exactly the right amount of vague and uh your request there <laughs> that I could have been doing anything. It was the headphone jack everyone. But... <laughs> well, as long as we're here to we might as well whip through, you know, aside from just absolutely unloading on each other and our Five, frustration with six, the six,
2: seven, eight Getting sentimental with James, James Reed.
3: It's definitely your turn.
0: Pressure
2: man, all right.
3: Uh, so, James Reed appears in his own lounge with Sam Pellegrino tumbling out of his pockets. What's he doing? Where's he off to? He's off to the store where he is trading as a barterer because he's lost all his credit cards in a drunken rage. He uh, trades essentially at a pawn shop. 12 bottles of San Pellegrino for one MacBook Pro box. What's inside of it? Nothing. He walks home, problem-solving as he goes. He bends down. What does he see? A roach outside of the nightclub where he DJed the night before. He picks it up, puts it in the box. He takes another 20 paces. What does he see? Another roach, also outside of the club where he was DJing last night. For uninitiated, a roach is the last little bit of a joint that you throw away because you cannot smoke that bit. He got so loaded up on PCP last night he cannot possibly remember with whom or why there were roaches there or in fact that he was involved with the roaches in the first place at all. He arrives home to find Soma and Zicoli sitting on the couch. He has with him a harrowing memory of the night before as he's slowly piecing the puzzle together of what exactly he did wrong in the throes of his PCP high and in his hands a MacBook Pro box loaded with but two roaches. He says... Good day, Somalie. Zakoli, I don't know you. Could you please get rid of this box? He's not sentimental at all. He's exhausted. He doesn't know who he's talking to. He's just picked up some garbage on the street, put it on another garbage thing which he traded in a fucking drug frenzy. He's got no idea what he's dealing with, who is in front of him. He gives him the box. He says, Get out of here, scamp. So it's just garbage. Yeah. Little bits of garbage.
2: literally a garbage man picking up garbage I guess it is sentimental because he's unconsciously tapped into places where he hung out with Sikoli to pick up that trash
3: yeah it's also sentimental I mean he turned on a dime in picking up the roaches he attached a certain sentimental value to them a sentimentality if you will that is right Uh, but as he continued to walk home his exhausted drug addled hungover brain uh, lost sight of the meaning of anything he was doing or why he was carrying the box in the first place He held onto it for a sense of comfort, arrived home. Once he was home, he no longer needed the security blanket of the box he had been holding during his trip back. So he offloaded it to the first person who he had no respect for and sent them packing. Fuck. (laughs) Is there a barista in the house? Because this rock's just got dark.
2: (laughs) No, he's training to be a barterer. Mm. same same but different Um, feels like all the gas that's in that tank I say we go I say we go too here's the context everyone we've just done the live episode so firstly we both just flew in from out of town and boy are our arms tired that was like four or five hours ago uh and then we we drive in in a real hiss and a roar screaming into my driveway to try and get that uh live friend zone video stream working thank you so much to the hundred people who joined us or 200 even at one point but then i fucking couldn't figure it out for so long we we had a bit of attrition along the way the point being we rolled straight from that live friend zone into the watch and it has decimated our spirits To the point where we forgot to lead with the fact that we'll be doing two live shows so soon, and you guys have got to please fucking come and help us sell some tickets. We've made the shows. We don't need you to buy the
3: tickets. We need you to help sell them. Yeah. We cannot emphasize that enough. No one listens. We don't want any of you there. This is exclusively (laughs) for new fans. This is for friends of friends only, but not the tier one friends. It's called the Friends of Friend Zone Tour. Uh, but it's happening in San Francisco, California on Friday, October 21st at the Children's Creativity Museum. They've got a theater there. The tickets aren't available to sale yet, but we will- They might be by now. They probably will be. Yeah? Oh, fuck. Who knows?
2: I'll try and put all the- the details will always be on our- go to our Facebook yeah, yeah. first and uh, I'll try and redirect and Blaze Pizza to- um yeah, to so the that. on our website where the tickets will be.
3: Yeah. Uh, and then we're also going to do Saturday, October 22nd in Portland at the uh, Clinton Clinton Street Theatre. Uh, between 9 and 11. So the San Fran show on Friday.
2: Between 9 and 11 p.m. Those yeah. aren't streets. Yeah. That would be 10th Street, by the way.
3: <laughs> do the mats, dummy. Anyway, anyway that's happening. There's nothing... Any of us can do about it. We can't change our minds. We've paid for the flight, so please help us repay the bank. You, funny now. you haven't made a decision yet, so you're—I mean the world is your oyster. But we are very much inside of an oyster that is threatening never to open.
2: Did I mention the tickets are $20? Did you mention it? Neither of us did, and why would we? Okay, I won't mention it.
3: Yeah, please don't bring it up. It's a real <laughs> soft spot for me. Uh, bye, everyone. Bite him.
2: Ow! This movie's still fine. the bastard. One of them dies, that guy's screw. One of them's a hotie, his name is Jackie. One of them looks like Johnny Depp, and his name is Johnny Depp. Classic Maximum Joseph. You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you're thirsty for another, why not
3: try The Male Gaze? Let's just have a wee crack into the parents of
2: Rugrats. Oh, love this topic.
3: Yeah, it's huge. Okay, so there's a lot of talking points as of which parents are gay and which parents aren't. Yeah. I mean, I think the ultimate sort of um, gay icon in the whole cartoon of Rugrats is Angelica's mum, Charlotte. Pickles. Oh, absolutely. She's what a hero. She's a hero. She's she, a boss. She's a single mom. Is she,
2: I, no, no, no. She, she's got a husband because her husband is... Well, he's is...
3: never on the scene.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.